to truly believe in the magic. Hey Magic fans and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Magic, an Orlando Magic podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the renaming of the arena, the return of Wendell Carter Jr., a quick look back on a week where the Magic went 0-4, uh, and we're joined by a very special guest, NBA G League champion and finals MVP, Devin Kennedy. It's going to be joining us a little bit later on. Before we get into it all, uh, I'd just like to mention our sponsors. So today's episode is brought to you in association with Attraction Tickets, the UK's number one attraction ticket and theme park hotel provider for Disney, SeaWorld and Universal Studios. They also sell Orlando Magic ticket tickets at hugely competitive prices. So when you're planning your next Orlando trip, please check them out. Uh, we have been told that they've got some upcoming offers uh, coming on in the re- in in the next couple of days uh, and over the Christmas and festive period. So please do check them out before you uh, make any decisions, any purchases. Please check out the links in our descriptions. Uh, You can also visit letstalkmagic.com for all our affiliate links and discount codes, including the NBA store and Fanatics. So before we get into it, I'm joined by three kings. Mr. Mikey Clark, how are you, sir? I'm good, mate. Now you finish your intro. You spent five minutes trying to get it out. (laughs) It doesn't help when you guys have the giggles. (laughs) I know. We we, we might have to release um, some outtakes eventually. We'll put a little compilation together for you. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. You ready for Christmas, It's usually me, to be fair. I'm ready for Christmas, yeah. Yeah, especially the little one. She's uh, all ready and ready to go. Good stuff, good stuff. Gary, how are we, sir? All good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, just getting ready for, uh, you know, the big day. Um, It's just a shame we haven't got more Ws to talk about, isn't it? But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, Paul, not not Good wearing evening, a Christmas, not wearing a Christmas jumper, mate. No, like, hey, I've done the last two game day previews in that magic Christmas jumper. People are going to think I'm a right tramp if for a third <laughs> podcast of some sorts or other I'm in that same jumper. So no, not today. <laughs> but you've got you've got three of them, up, haven't you? You wear a different no. one every time. No, it's only the one, mate. Now I'm a scruffy old boy. Like I say, I'm going to get to that stage where you can tell how long I've been wearing something by the different meals down the front of my jumper. As I get older and older. Oh, good stuff. Um, before we uh, move on, then, let's just have a quick word about our Patreon. Um who we're absolutely, you know, um, indebted to uh, for their fantastic support to us. So just like to shout them out before we uh, crack on. Uh, thanks to Ollie Law, Gary Clark, Angus Craig, Dylan Holden, Alan Kane, Tom Sohn, Mark Joss, Sean Moore, Drum Drum, Drummy Drum Drum, Paolo and Franz Warmth, Liam, Rab- Liam Radbourne, Andy Lindley and Stuart Benzies. Uh, I know you guys had a uh, Patreon call in on Monday night that uh, Paul and Mike, you were on. You had a bit of fun there, guys? It was excellent, mate. Really good fun. Couple of, I think we were on for around two hours. Lots of good talk. Yeah, yeah. Lots of good well, talk. well into the night, was it? Oh, yes. Yeah, and everybody learned why Certainly Mike stays up, gets up early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> 
So we'd also like to thank everyone who supports the show, be it comments, likes, uh, shares, etc. cetera. Uh, but if you're interested in joining our Patreon, we have three tiers available with varying benefits. All um, all details available at patreon.com forward slash let's talk magic to join. Right. So let's get into it. Uh, Orlando Magic News. So on Wednesday, we found out who had won the naming rights to the now previous Amway Center. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're all going to trip up on this and call it the Amway Center. Um, a lot of people have, haven't they? So, um, so it's now going to be known as the Kia Center. Uh, the Magic and Kia have a long relationship, as do Kia with the NBA. Um, Paul, what are your thoughts on on the uh, on the deal, my friend? It's okay. Um, I'm not overly excited. Um, it's not a brand I'm particularly aware of. Um, everybody, I'm not a motor fan. Um, but if I see a Kia on the road, I don't think, oh, great car. Um, but I don't know. Um, hey, from a magic perspective, they are no doubt a great sponsor. Um, it's <laughs> it's a prominent NBA brand. Um, you know, a multi-year deal with the team, so it's a great commitment. And I can't imagine it's anything other than uh, very nicely, nicely financially rewarding. I'm sure there'll be a seven-year warranty in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, I know you were spitting names out before, and I know you're big fans of a certain uh, brand in Orlando, uh, companies, etc. Um, who would you have liked to have seen? I know we, we we used it in the in the group chat the other day. I know Gary's got a favourite. Yeah, well, I thought well, the serious favourite would be Gideon's, where they just serve lots of uh, Gideon's products, and you just go and eat a load of cookies. So even if it's a rubbish game and we're not shooting the threes well, it'd be like, oh, I've just had a banana loaf. Yeah. Any surprise at Disney? Yeah, I thought it weren't would be. there. You thought it would be. Yeah. I did. Well, after after you yeah. sent sent us a text in the week, Paul, about you were messaging with Sabrina and she was saying about there was a thumbs up about, oh, it's, you're going to like what it is. You're going to like it. I've got, I got a thumb up <laughs> saying you're going to like the name. And I'm like, oh, Everyone, you tease. Yeah. She says, oh, you tease. And she says, I like my job. <laughs> so I wasn't getting any hints at all as to uh, what, what the arena was going to be called. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Disney. I think with the tie-in of... Um, that we already have with the Disney atrium. We've already got the patch uh, and we are, we have that phrasing of kingdom on the rise. Um, I think it would have been nice to have a tie in with them, but that's, mm. that's just me. I think it would, it, I could see the absolute benefits to the tie in that they've got. Yeah. Would have been, yeah. Right. Since we last recorded the magic have played four games and unfortunately we've gone. Oh, and four, um, we're current, we currently sit in fourth in the Eastern Conference, uh, tied with the New York Knicks at 16 and 11. Uh, so let's get into the week that was. So obviously we started off uh, with the first game against Boston. Now I guess the expectation here, and as we mentioned on last week's podcast, um, we had a good chance. You know, no Paul Singus, no Cornette, no Horford, basically no big man. Um, they were on a back-to-back. Um, unfortunately, we lost by a score of 128 to 111. Jalen Suggs led the way with 19 and showed a lot of heart. Um, but where did this one go wrong, 
Gary. Mm. Should we have attacked the paint a bit paint a bit more? Let me consult my notes that I've made on this. <laughs> <laughs> um I thought it was a disaster, if I'm being completely honest. Um this was built up before the game where it was huge for Boston. Like Boston really wanted this. And I think if we're going to take anything positive out of these games against Boston, against Miami and Milwaukee, is that they are taking Orlando seriously. This is a top end of the East. You can listen to what Yanis had to say. Even Eddie House was given the magic credit after the two games in Boston. Boston came out there to win. They took the game seriously. It was huge to them. I feel this was winnable. I thought it was the more winnable of the two, G. Um, shorthanded, back-to-back, things were in the Magic's favour. And yes, we should have gone in the paint more. There's no Pazingas there. And I felt as the first quarter wore on, because we started okay, we just played Boston's game. We turned it into a three-point contest at one point. And the reality of it is, and if anyone wants proof of this, look at the box score and how the minutes became allocated. Everybody played. This was a blowout for me. This was this was a game where we got to halftime and we weren't winning that game. You knew at halftime we weren't winning that game. It was going to take a lot. As Paolo and Franz go, the Magic go, uh, we know if we're going to play a big team, we need both of them to put up 20 points plus, really. Paolo's 5 or 17. Yes, he would go on to make up for that the next night. Look at our bench, which has been our biggest weapon. Cole was our only player off the bench to do well and score in double figures, really. He was the only bench player who massively stood out to me. Um, Pritchard uh, killed us. We made him look like a sixth man of the year candidate. Uh, I just felt it became flat. I felt it was a game where maybe inexperience played a factor as well. But I also think we need to... I wasn't as mad about this as I was about the last two games. Um, I feel with this game here, we've got to bear in mind that we were playing against one elite level all-star and one all-star. And then in the second game, you had two other all-star level players. Like Boston, for me, are on a completely different level to anybody else, at least in the East. If you're looking at it for me right now, if everybody's fit who's going to the finals... It's Boston. Milwaukee are not competing with Boston. I would take us against Milwaukee for a series before I would take us against Boston for a series. But we were architects of our own downfall because we played their game and we should have looked to get the jump early. And we did. And then we kind of allowed them to dictate the pace. And then I think inexperience played a role. So it's my summary. Yeah. No, that's... But very good observation. Anyone else want to throw anything else in there? No. no? Okay. Let's move on to the uh, the game on Sunday, uh, where we had a, a nice early game in in the UK. Mikey made it to halftime. Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a chance for revenge, uh, but again without Joe Ingles, um, and Boston, like Gary said, basically had the cavalry back. Uh, Paolo Banqueros did his very best, scoring 19 of his team high 36 in the first quarter. Uh, but, we, but we couldn't keep up with uh, Jalen Brown and company. 
three point shooting uh, once again an issue as the Celtics made six more than us for the game. Uh, but we've seen this in you know in recent weeks that we, we've been beaten by many a team uh, on the three point line. Uh, so we only shot a dismal thirty percent from downtown uh, on that particular game. Uh, so Paul, short of almost letting Jet Howard and Caleb Houston in and getting more minutes. What you, What's your thoughts on this three-point shooting woes uh, that we've had? Should we be expecting more from Gary Harris, who's not had the best December? I, first of all, outside of Paolo, everybody on our team struggled shooting in that game. Can't pin it on one person. Everybody was struggling. Um, from the previous game we did improve on the turnovers and we did improve on fouls but it was a tale of sloppy defence and the inability to get stops and it cost us um, I think I was telling the story on um, the Patreon call of Rob, my son-in-law, we were sat watching it together and there was one particular play, we pulled it back, I think it was in the, was it in the third quarter, we pulled it back to about within a couple of four points, something of that nature. And three-point shot goes up. We've got three players under the basket and Pazingas comes straight through them all, gets the ball, dunks it and Goga fouls him. And it was just sloppy defence that allowed them from a point where we could have got a defensive rebound to get a break and come within two points, possibly one, we went seven down. It's, yeah. it's kind of summed the game up, even though it was. It just felt that we were never going to get that game somehow, even when we were making a run back at it. Uh, as to the shooting, would Jet have changed things? Not for me. I'm not actually sure he was available. I'm not sure that he wasn't on G League assignment on that one. Uh, um, Caleb, he can give us a boost, but we saw against. Uh, was it Milwaukee last night where he just didn't perform? He just didn't get those the accuracy. Gary Harris, I like the guy. Everybody knows that. I was happy when we traded for him. Um, but at this point in time, his shooting slump is genuinely hurting us. Genuinely hurting us. Uh, and the answer to the problem at this moment in time is not on the team. It's something we have to address. We didn't do it in the summer. We have to go and get somebody to fill the void in our three-point shooting. We have to get somebody in to spread the floor more, whether it's by trade or it's picking up somebody who's a free agent, we will see. But until we do that, teams like Boston and Miami, who can effectively protect the paint, will dare us to shoot from distance. And if we're on a night where we are throwing up poor shot after poor shot, hitting the rim, airballing, whatever. Teams are going to keep doing that. And it's not helping that at this moment in time, we don't have... Um, Markel's probably the best point of God we've got on the team at this moment in time. It's not helping that Anthony Black is having to play such large minutes where he isn't contributing massively on the offensive end. I know we've discussed this about whether he's um, fulfilling his role or whatever, but seeing Paolo handles the ball so much is potentially taking away from some of his own game. Um, 
Boston showed that we need, there are still things that we need to address for me and that we aren't, we can get to the playoffs and that will be a success for the season, but we're still a developing team. We aren't there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so let's get on to, for me, the most disappointing game of the uh, the week, uh, the Miami Heat on Wednesday night, where we lost the first game in the newly named Kia Center. Um, so the Magic basically simply weren't at the races, a game where Jimmy Butler didn't play, Kevin Love didn't play. Uh, unfortunately for us, the Miami Heat couldn't miss in the second quarter. I don't think they missed a field goal from the six-minute mark until the end of the period. Uh, building a big lead, um, and basically, other than a valiant effort from Chumo KK, Caleb Houston, and Wendell Carter Jr. down the stretch, uh, the wouldn't uh, the score wouldn't have been so flattering for the Magic. You know, the, the score really didn't um, paint the picture of that game. We were soundly beaten in every aspect. Uh, so a very very disappointing loss. Um, Mikey Wendell made his return. Uh, what did you t- think? to his return in that game and then subsequently against Milwaukee? I think Wendell was flat. That's probably the best way of putting it. And I think the team as a, as a whole were flat. I mean, it really got... <clears throat> excuse me. Get that rid of, get rid of that. <laughs> Start again. Um, yeah, but I think the game really got blown out. The, the, the game really got separated in the second quarter when we allowed Miami to go 43 for our 26. Um it was just, it was one of those games where it feels like you could have played for three days and you still wouldn't have played them. It, they were just, Miami were on a shoestring. We were completely out of rhythm. We were completely out of sync. We were making bad decisions, trying to force too many shots. I mean, there was even a, there was even possessions where we got stops defensively. You're getting out and running because Miami were trying to get back and set the defense. And even when we were getting our rebounds off of misses and getting out, Miami were already set up and forcing us to, to drive into the paint uh, and, and allowing us to shoot threes. And we know how bad our, our three-point shooting's been this season. And they really just baited us into, into possessions and shots that they wanted us to take throughout the whole game. Um, it was just a bad performance. And I think because we were at home, we've had a really, really good start at home this year to lose in that fashion, like you said, without Jimmy Butler playing. It was disappointing. And and like Bam Adebayo only had 18 points. It felt like he had a much bigger impact in the game than that. Tyler Hero killed us from three. I mean, they went on that big run in the second quarter. Um, but yeah, it, it was not... It was just one of those games where you just almost got to kind of forget about it and move on. Um, we've had a few of those this week. But look, when when France is scoring 15, when Paolo's scoring 10 in a game, you're going to struggle. I don't care who else is is going off. Cole Cole was was good off the bench with 20. Mo Wagner had 11. He went 5 of 8 from the field. But even the bench didn't really feel like it made, had the impact that we've seen it make this season. And... Like I said, when Paolo and France haven't got it going, then the Magic are going to struggle because you can't get, you can't allow this team to get into shootouts against teams that like to shoot threes and can shoot threes well. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's just been a, a recurring theme this week, really, hasn't it? But it yeah, in, in terms of Wendell, look, there's going to be a transition because Goga's played really, really well starting, and. We saw 
Mo's trying to trying to integrate all three bigs into the game in my against Miami, and it just it was just clunky. It didn't work. The rotations weren't right, and then obviously last night, which we'll get onto in a second, the Milwaukee game, Goga didn't play at all, and he's given Wendell that starting position back. Um, it's going to take time, and I think we've got to be patient and. All these people jump into conclusions about our oh, Goga's a better fit for the Magic on both ends of the floor. He gives us more. Look, he's missed 20 games. He's missed a large portion of the season. He's can be completely out of rhythm. Um, and he's come back into the team where the Magic are going through a bit of a struggle themselves as well. So it's. I think this is a good thing because, look, we're still learning a lot about this team, how much they've got to improve areas that I don't know there's still areas to address as Paul already said three-point shooting's massive um so yeah look give Wendell five ten games the guy's a 15 and 10 guy consistently he will come back it's just we gotta be patient yeah I mean the only thing to add to that is you know the losses are against good teams that you know are 50 50 games anyway so you're not losing to your your bottom feeders, you're not dropping those games. So, like you said, um, did you? One other thing, did you think that Spolstra outcoached Mosley? Maybe. I just, I just think Miami are an experienced team. They're full of experienced players. They, they know how to play against with one another. Like I said, they it just felt like they were on a string. Like defensively, they were just disruptive. They were forcing us mm. to turn the ball over, make passes that we didn't want to make allowing Paolo to drive into the paint, double-teaming him, triple-teaming him, allowing him to kick the ball out to the perimeter. We were either throwing balls and they were getting deflected all over the floor or we were turning the ball over. It was just it was just a bad night offensively. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you could say Spolstra out-coached out them, but I just think Miami, Miami obviously had their injuries as well and they're finding their rhythm. They're a good team. They are a really good team. <laughs> Um, as much as we don't like to admit it. But, yeah, you're probably right, G. Yeah. Right, let's get on to the Milwaukee game that we've all viewed today. So we lost the game by a score of 118 to 114. Uh, we did need a, a big, strong bounce back. Um, and obviously, it was on a back-to-back in my in Milwaukee. Um, it was always going to be difficult. Um, the team in fairness competed the whole way. Some questionable officiating, which we'll get onto in a second, uh, specifically about young um, Mr. Antetokounmpo taking over 10 seconds on countless efforts. Um, France scored 29, Paolo scored 23, uh, but we were missing um, Jalen Suggs. Joe Ingles missed uh, another game, uh, and we dropped the fourth straight. So I'm going to give you guys the floor for Rafferant here because, um, yeah, you didn't want to hear from you this time. Um we were all annoyed about the, uh, the the length it took Giannis to um, take his free throws, included David and Jeff, um, and we saw that on the telecast. Um, so, guys, who wants to go first? Go on, Paul. Okay. <laughs> right, I got to the point where I had the phone out with a stopwatch on. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> 13 seconds he had on one mm-hmm. and the fo- and that was the second that was the first one the second one he had 12 and a half how's that right 
you've already had time to, you know, he has his phantom warm up without the ball, and then you give him 13 seconds, and we get called for a like for a lane violation on next to nothing. Um, it just felt, regardless of the differential on what's allowed on um, free throws, his superstar calls were prevalent throughout. Uh, he only had to throw his arms up and throw his head back and he was getting free throws. There's a reason that um, he's, what, second in the league with free throws attempted? And it's because he's a superstar and gets calls. They weren't be they were not being called equal. But that isn't the reason we lost that game. The re the officiating was poor, particularly um the politically challenged young man. Um <laughs> awful, awful officiating. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the reason we lost that game is our inability to shoot threes and leaving points on the free throw line. Simple as. Yeah. The referendum. Um, I can't let me send go because otherwise you're going to be editing it out heavily. Yeah, I'm still okay. seething from this morning. Well, well, Mike, you only finished watching it this afternoon, some about three hours ago. So hopefully he's calmed down because you were very happy with you and man. No, there was some explicit language in our WhatsApp group. Um, I tell you, still hiding from Michette, swearing at it earlier. It was ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, it really was. I mean, look, he got to the free throw line 19 times. Like, like Paul said, basically all of them were at least 11, 12 seconds of free throw. And on top of that, how many of those free throws did like Brooke Lopez jump early? Giannis has still got the ball in the hands and there's three players still under the basket. Yet we don't get we didn't get any calls on on that. Um forget the free throws. Like JI got absolutely hammered by Giannis on a put back dunk in the fourth quarter, which I think might have tied the game up. I can't remember what the score was, but it was it was when the game was in the balance. It was a clear and one. It should have been a foul. It didn't get given. On the other end, Yanis was backing J.I. down in the paint numerous times, fighting for position. And he was throwing him around like a rag doll and nothing got called. Um, I mean, J.I. was superb defensively. I mean, you could talk about like the double block was superb. Um, I think he got him again in the, in the second half as well. Um, I mean... There isn't a player that can guard Yanis like J.I. does in the league, period. There isn't. Um, and the guy in limited minutes is just... Look, it's, it's what we all know he's capable of. But um, the Magic just aren't getting... And, and I don't even think it's just in this game. The Magic can't get in fair calls. It's not... like In all these... So I can't even, I'm so angry already. <laughs> in all of these games this week, even Boston... Like I, I even remember Jalen Suggs having a word with a referee and you hear it on the mic and him saying, let both of us play. You're letting Boston dictate the game and play with physicality. Yet on the other end, we're getting called for ticky-tack and touch fouls. And Paolo gets to the basket and he's getting hacked and pushed. And 
Do you know what I mean? And we don't get the share of calls. And and like the Miami game, I don't know if you remember, there was a, I think it was Cole, got into the lane, had a little pull-up pull up shot, and it should have been an hour one. Josh Richardson slapped down on onto the ball, slapped down onto his hands. He even just swiped down. Didn't even matter where he got contact. How many fouls do the Magic get called in every week, every, week, every game? where a player goes up for a shot, the Magic bring their hand down. There's no contact, but the team still gets a free throw out of it. It's just another example of how unfair it feels like the the calls have been this week. Um, I mean, Mo Wagner was getting hit around the basket numerous times in the Milwaukee game as well. Um, Look, it's something we've got to play through. We're all frustrated because it's 0-4. The performances haven't been at the level we've been used to to start the season that's the reason why we've lost these games this week but I mean yeah when when Giannis is going to the line 19 times and we what was what did we shoot was it 26 attempts of the game and Giannis has got nearly the same amount as the Magic had got as a, t- as a team it's um it's getting a little bit ridiculous but hey ran over and I kept it clean for you well done mate well done <laughs> Proud should JI have finished should JI have yes. finished that game Yes, absolutely. Not Wendell. No. No. No, he just didn't have it going, did he? And the box score told the story of his uh, plus minus, didn't it? But he's only coming back. It did, but then... But the Miami game, he was plus three. He had the best plus minus of any of the starters. But again, he did Because he was... He was in in the fourth quarter when we started yeah. pulling it back. Is it, yeah. it's, it's not a dig. I don't think. I don't think it should be a dig at Wendell. Let's be fair. He had five get. He played five games, and got injured. He's been out for twenty, and he comes back and he's thrown in against Miami. So you're going up against Bam Adebayo, and then he's and the second game is against the Milwaukee Bucks. They are not easy opponents to take on. Everybody else has now had over a quarter of a season. Wendell is effectively back to playing um, pre-season. pre-season. He's not up to speed. And it's the reason that I still think we'd have been better bringing him in and allowing him to get conditioning rather than starting him. I do think that's a coaching error. but Mm. Or if you start him, he doesn't play big minutes and you go with you guys that have now got the conditioning. But to your point, Paul, yeah, J.I. should have been in that game at the end. Yeah. Gary, anything to get off your chest? Um, I know you want to weigh in on Goga as well. Yeah, I think just from what's already been said, I think the the Yanis foul on J.I. where he kind of puts his shoulder through, I thought that was poor, Um, like really poor that that wasn't brought more than what it was because I think if it had been the other way, that would have been... (laughs) That would have been classed as murder. Um, but <laughs> I think if we go into this and always look at it along the lines of like the free throws and how long it took, which is annoying, and we know we know we could put a stopwatch on, we know what's happening, but it is deflecting that this was a winnable game, and that's good and bad. It's good because <laughs> as tough as the Celtics were against us, I think if even Jalen Suggs had played for the Magic last night, I think we win that game. I genuinely yeah. think we win that game. I think we match up well with Milwaukee. Yep. Um, so when I look at it and think, oh God, look at how stacked Boston are, 
I think the Bucks are beatable as a team right now. I I don't know. I'm just not convinced by them. Like when they won the title, I was convinced by them. I'd said I think they're gonna win it, but I just I am not convinced by what I'm seeing from Milwaukee. Um I think the bigger issues we've touched on already, like Jonathan Isaac played 14 minutes. Now I know he's coming back from injury. If Jonathan Isaac was playing 28 minutes a game since he came into the NBA, Jonathan Isaac's won the NBA Defensive Player of the Year at least once. Isaac's the best defender in the NBA. That that's it's not even up for debate. He is the best defender in the NBA. I've seen Gobert play. I've seen enough of Marcus Smart. Jonathan Isaac's the best defender in the NBA, hands down. No, nobody else can do that to Yanis, and it's not just isolated to Yanis. He give, he gives Tatum nightmares. We've seen him go against, even on the perimeter. Isaac changes things when he's in the game. For me, I, I still think our best lineup is Jonathan Isaac closing that game and Jonathan Isaac seeing big minutes in the front court with Paolo and Franz. That's where I'm at with that. But I think if we're going to go in big time on the officials, it's deflecting why we lost that game. Um, I like Wendell. He didn't start the season well. That's the first point. He, in the first five games, he wasn't good. And as Paul's saying, when he came back in, it's he's not ready. He's not there. He's, he's not fit. And it's thrown him into like a shark tank, really. And it's put, it's put him in a position of where he's under the line of fire and then Gorga getting zero minutes. Just, it isn't, I like Mosley a lot. I'm not going to criticize him. Like I think the point earlier about, did he get out coached by Spolstra? Everybody in the league would get out coached by Spolstra. Not, not just Mosley, everyone would. He's the best coach in the league. I think Pop's probably near in the end now. Spolstra is the best coach in the league, but Gorga going on a zero minutes, and Gorga, when he's played really, really well, not being in the team. If I look at that as like from a workplace only, it doesn't send a good message about meritocracy to me. He earned those minutes. He earned the right to start, and I would have just drip-fed Wendell back into the team. And you can do that across two positions for Wendell. You can put him in as a five. You can put him in as a four. You can get his minutes there. But I think Gorga fills the lane. And I also think he's a fairly good matchup against Brook Lopez. Yeah. He, can, he can alter things. He can match him for size. And Brook likes to get in around the basket. And we know that Gorga is actually one of the better shot blockers in the league. So I think we we missed a trick there. Um, I also think it's deflecting from some other questions. We've had three games where we've shot the three ball appallingly. It isn't our game, but we went 8 of 33. The previous night, we went 9 of 36 against Miami. The previous one against Boston, we were about 30% in the first game against Boston. We lost it due to we were trying to turn it into a three-point shooting contest. It's not good. Like, any way you dress it up, our three-point shooting isn't good. And Spolstra, yeah, did he outcoach Moores? Maybe. Did he just say, fill the pin and beat them from the outside? I think it's a pretty simple tactic if you want to employ that against the Magic. And it brings a question back for me really on this and anyone can answer this but it's doing the rounds on Twitter a little bit and it's a one I know I've had a chat with, I think with Mike earlier in the week I think there's minutes there for Jet Howard if I was Jet Howard and seeing how Gary Harris has been playing recently and it's not a dig Gary Harris out thing I'd be saying there's minutes here there's a route into the team there's a route into the rotation he's been backwards and forwards to the G League and whether whether we dress it up or not he's a lottery pick 
So are we saying, and I think it's one of two things here, he isn't ready yet. That's one. He just isn't ready yet. He's not there. Or are we doing like a JJ Redick type thing where we drafted Redick? Redick came into a pretty good team. We're a pretty decent team now. And we're basically just saying, just let him season. Really gonna we're gonna really slow burn him in. But the obvious problem is is that we can't hit threes, and that's what he was brought in to do. So should he be getting minutes? Or should we be looking at it and saying, well, Kevon Harris hasn't featured this season? He's been injured the whole time. If there's a bench spot there, should it go to someone like Matt McClung? Who can shoot the three? Should it go to someone like a Devin Kennedy who we've got coming on? Who can shoot the three? So that that's where I'm at with it. I think there's a bigger question because it isn't good and it's cost us at least two of those games at the last four. So no, all, all very good uh, points there, Gary. Um, I just had one more bit about th- that game. Obviously, we saw uh, Cole, Mo, J.I. play well, but we struggled with a bench unit um, and obviously Joe Ingles is missing. How important is Joe to the offence for you, mate? Um, he's massive for us. He's become huge in a really short period of time. The obvious point is, is that he's our, he's probably our most. You feel the most confident right now when the three ball is coming out of the hands of Joe Ingles when he's got time and space. I used to be. I think Franz is in a slump right now, but when Franz had the time, had the space, had the step back opportunities, you're pretty sure it was going in. It isn't. Gary Harris, if he was lining up on the corners, you were pretty sure it was going to be going in. It isn't. So Joe Ingles is our best floor spacer right now. So one, there's that. Two, he's ball handling. It's great. Moore's still doing a job for us, but he isn't doing the job he was when Ingles was there because he was setting the pick and rolls up for him with his vision. He could dictate the pace of a game. So teams were playing at his pace. He was the conductor on the floor, the maestro, whatever you want to call it. And he's the vet presence. Yeah. So I'll look at it and say, okay, against Miami, does he calm them down? Against Milwaukee, does he get in the the ear of the referees? Does he cause Bobby Porters to explode? Does he stand there and start timing Yanis like Mo Wagner did? And Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Cole did it as well. He's just, there's a lot of intangibles there beyond the three point shooting that he brings. And I think he's a huge miss. And we are needing him back to get the best out of Mo Wagner in the second lineup because that second lineup for us, that bench lineup, is the equivalent, in my opinion, of us having a third big time scorer. Our third star actually is our bench. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously we've got to move on. Yeah, before we move on, the, to finish on a positive, mm-hmm. Milwaukee was the best game we've played this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the first game this week that the defence has functioned well. I mean, we held them to seven points less than their season average. Mm-hmm. Um, and when our defence plays well, our offence functions. Unfortunately, the three ball wasn't functioning mm-hmm. in this game. But that's the reason we hung around and forced them to play hard. And you got the praise for the team that we did from from the likes of Giannis, who was saying, this is not the Orlando Magic team of two, three seasons ago. This is now a good team. They played well. The reason you're getting that credit is because the defence defense is functioning well. And that was the first time this week that we saw it. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, so, Mikey, we've had had a tough stretch, uh, but we still sit in fourth in the Eastern Conference at sixteen and eleven, tied with the New York Knicks. Uh, so, give us some, give us a reason to be cheerful uh, during this four game slide. There's a few reasons, mate. First of all, we've just lost back to back games on the road against the Celtics, who for me are the best team in the league, who I've got as favourites to win win it all this year. You've just lost to the Bucks on the road on the second night of a back to back. And we've lost to a very good Miami team, despite missing Jimmy Butler. Like we said, they're, they're well coached. We know what Miami are about. Boston and Milwaukee have won eight of the last 10 games. Boston are unbeaten at home. Milwaukee have only lost twice at home. They're 16 and two. We're trying to integrate Wendell back into the starting group. Fultz is out. Ingles has missed several games. Gary Harris is shooting the ball atrociously. Franz is ice cold from three. Only the Pistons are shooting the three ball worse than us. Suggs has obviously been out, was out last night after he had that horrible fall in Boston and, and hurt his wrist. So we've got to wait for him to come back. Um, we just need to chill out a little bit, I think. Look, this is a, a tough stretch, arguably the toughest stretch in the schedule for us this year. Um, it doesn't help when right now we've still got two starters out and Joe Ingles, who's probably our most key rotation player. Um, we're still fourth. It was 16 and 11. It's been a really, really bright start to the year. And do you know what? Maybe this week has been a blessing in disguise. It's all probably dampened our expectations a little bit. It's brought us back down to earth, which is a good thing. As a young team, and I, I'm not saying they've done, they, they were getting ahead of themselves and thinking, all right, we, we might be further up we might be further along the road than than we thought we might be, but look, it's it's a bit of a reality check for these young players to think that look, we've still got a long way to go. We've still got a lot to learn. The front office have still got a lot to learn. Like we're in a stage now where they're going to want to look at this and think, right? How are the Magic going to react? Like how how is this young team going to react to a four game losing streak? And you're not necessarily playing the best ball that you've played this season and. What rotations? How are you going to figure it out? Um, look, we know. Look, the, the biggest issue is the three-point shooting. We've we've banged on about that for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's been an issue all season. It's an issue last year. Gary's already mentioned Jet Howard was brought in to shoot three. He's obviously got to outplay some players to get into the rotation. Whether we make a deal at the deadline or not, it doesn't matter. Look, we we. This team's good. This team's a playoff team. I don't care. You, you're going to have runs during the season. You, there's going to be losing streaks. There's going to be winning streaks. It's going to happen. We just haven't been used to having such a good start and having such a good team for, for a long, long time. Um, and I think we've just got to learn to be patient and take it game by game. Uh, we, we've played two Phenomenal teams, really, really good teams. There aren't many better than Boston and Milwaukee. Uh, Miami are really good. So just take a step back, breathe, chill out. There's a long, long way to go this season. Um, and we're still at not we're still not at full strength. So Yeah. yeah. This time and this time last year we were seven and twenty. Exactly, mate. Yeah. Um, um and it's still been a developmental year. We are still a developmental team. Their aim, the aim was to get into the playoffs, not to win it all. And look, we might get nearer to April, 
And look, we talked about should a Gogo have minutes last night? Yes, probably should have. Should J.I. have played down the stretch? Yes. But hopefully, like let's say Wendell's got 10 games under his belt and he's finding a rhythm again. Like Hopefully, later on, as we get further down the stretch into the, towards the playoffs, that Mo starts holding players accountable. Like If Wendell hasn't got it going, Goga's going to take your place for the rest of the game. Or if Mo's not coming off the bench and and giving you what you expect him to, J.I.'s going to take his minutes. Like, is he going to hold players more accountable? That's going to come at some point, whether it happens this season or not, we'll see. But yeah, there's loads to to look forward to. Um, We just need to take it easy. Yeah, man. Right, let's just get quick predictions for the week ahead before we get Devin in. Uh, So on Saturday night slash Sunday morning uh, at midnight, we play the Indiana Pacers on the road. We then play the uh, Washington Wizards on the road on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning at midnight. Uh, That's followed by a a game at the Kia Center against the Philadelphia 76ers. That'd be either Wednesday night UK or Thursday morning midnight tip. Um, and then that is followed up by a game against the New York Knicks on the Friday night again at midnight. So those four guys, uh, quick round the table, Paul. One and three. One and three. Okay. Where's the win? Uh, Washington. Okay. Gary? Two and two. Um, Washington and New York. Okay. Mikey? I'm also going to go two and two. I'm going to say we beat the Pacers again and we're going to beat the Knicks. I think the Wizards might actually get us. Okay. I'm going to go three and one. I'm going to say we beat the Pacers, especially if we play like we did last night. We should beat Washington, drop the Philly game and beat the Knicks, which will be quite a showdown. So uh, there we go. Uh, Right, let's get Devin Kennedy in. We are honoured to be joined on the Christmas pod tonight by a real fan favourite amongst Magic fans. Uh, He attended Princeton, helping the Tigers reach the NCAA tournament in 2017. He's a podcaster, an author, a G League champion and finals MVP for our Lakeland Magic, now obviously Osceola Magic, uh, having played for Lakeland and for the Orlando Magic themselves. He currently plays with the Birmingham Squadron, who are the G League affiliate to the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome, Devin Kennedy. How are you, Devin? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm healthy. Um, I literally was going through my Twitter DMs. I found like a tweet from 2021, maybe. And I was like, man, these guys, I remember seeing them, you know, showing support. Let me just reach back out. Uh, So thanks for having me on. Oh, we we really appreciate you uh, getting in touch with us. Um, so yeah, let, let's get on with it. But just before I start, I don't think I've had uh, that big a, an introduction to uh, any sort of um, guest that we've ever had. So you've got quite the resume there, Devin. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I try and dabble in a few things that I'm interested in, and obviously, from the basketball side, my journey has taken me, um, you know to the finals, you know, won a championship with Lakeland, obviously my NBA experience. So yeah, we're, we're still building it though. Definitely a long way to go. Absolutely. So um, it's great to see you playing basketball and uh, you know, us magic fans, we always want our own to succeed and you're very much one of those. Um, we obviously all had that 
you know, uh, head in our hands when you suffered that horrific injury back in April 2021. Um, tell us about life with the uh, Birmingham squadron now. Um, and obviously, uh, they're the affiliate for the New Orleans Pelicans, as I mentioned, and how the season's going for you thus far. Yeah, so, I mean, if for those who aren't aware of just like the G League and kind of the flow of the G League, the first 14 games of the season could be considered what the in-season tournament was this year for the NBA. So these are called the Showcase Cup games. And really what, again, kind of brought me to reach out to you guys is I'm back in Orlando, and that's where the Showcase tournament is. Um, our team was tied to make it in the top eight teams to compete for money here in the G League. Uh, definitely not the same kind of prize pot that the NBA had, but still <laughs> still a little a good little bonus. Um, so we we didn't make it. We actually played the Osceola Magic twice um, before the Cup. We we won both of those games. So my return to Central Florida actually was was in my favor. So that's kind of our situation right now. Um, my goal, obviously, is not changed. It's to make it back to the NBA. Um, I feel like at this stage in, in my career, year five in the G League, um, a few things are, are going to give me that chance. It's making shots. Um, I've I've owned guarding full court on the defensive end way more than I, I have in the past. Um, and then for me, it's something that I don't even try to do. It's, it's just who I am. And that's leading, bringing positive energy, um, and lifting up a group in ways that really don't show up in in the stat sheet. So that's a, a quick kind of overview of what's going on with me. That leads me on amazingly to uh, the question I want to ask you, Devin. Um, with the Birmingham Squadron being based in Alabama, how does the relationship work between yourselves and the uh, Pelicans? So obviously with the uh, the Magic side of things, it's a lot closer uh, distance-wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll give you a, an, an extra kind of caveat. So last year, after I got waived, unfortunately, um, at, in training camp, I found my footing with the Lakers G League team in South Bay. And you talk about location. We're in the Lakers practice facility. So we practice from, let's call it 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. If you want to stay around and shoot, get treatment, you know, you got the Lakers guys coming to the same facility to get their work in. So you see D'Angelo Russell, you see Pat Bev, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, like that is a situation that's all in house. Um, and so I can't speak kind of to that organization since I'm no longer there, but even though the Pelicans is two different States, you know, definitely not close in location. You feel that the organization is, is very close and that they're very connected from the top down. Uh, you have David Griffin, who's running and overseeing the whole Pelicans organization. Trajan, you know, Langdon is our GM. Um, and then our GM, Adam Barnes, everybody is in such close communication. You feel very much in the know, in um, kind of involved with kind of what's going on with the Pelicans. So even though I'm in Birmingham, I do feel like I have a pulse on what's going on with the main team. I kind of understand what they're looking or for me, from a player development standpoint, um, you know, because my goal isn't to just have the longest G League career in the history of the G League. My goal is to be in the NBA and be back on the NBA floor and helping a team win in the playoffs and win a championship ultimately. Like that is truly, as a fringe guy, you could say, still very much a goal of mine. So, you know, it's it's definitely uh, different. Alabama is not Los Angeles. It's not Florida for that matter, but it's it's been a great time, beautiful city. I'm embracing where I'm at. 
Um, and but it is good to be back in Orlando. I will say that. <laughs> Devin, what what does a typical game day look like for you? Do you have any rituals? What what's the usual prep? Yeah, everything is in the G League. At least it's different. There's a game we had this year that was at ten thirty in the morning. So it's like, what what do you do with that? You know, you're you're waking up. If you wake up at seven, you know, I like to get to the gym three hours before. So in that case, it'd be seven thirty. Um, but for me, on a typical game day where it's a seven p.m. tip off, more or less, you'll have a shoot around with your team at ten a.m. Kind of walk through the opponent that you have that day, kind of their scout, go over their personnel. You get shots up as a team, you know, run through your offense. And when you go back home, you do your best to get a nap in in the middle of the day, you know, have have a decent meal for lunch, definitely the night, you know, prior. Um, and then you you kind of switch off. And for me, and I'm now a dad, you know, I have my wife. So you're definitely, you know, making sure your family's taken care of and present with them. But once it hits that three thirty, four o'clock, three hours before the game, you start, you know, flipping the switch and it goes from, you know, being like a super nice guy and this and that to I'm a, if I have an inch of space, I'm, I'm going to shoot it. And I intend to make more than I miss. And if I get six shots, I'm looking to make six. If I get 15 shots, like I, I truly believe that I can, I can make shots and I'm going to be, a fierce competitor. So you just start to change your mindset. You, you you have a playlist. It's actually called the bubble MVP playlist, the same playlist I listened to the year we won the championship. And so I listened to the same songs from 2021 on repeat because I remember the kind of headspace that put me in. And it's nice to be back there and know like you've had success in this league and you can keep doing it. And you clearly got called up, you know, by doing so. So it's lit. I listened to my bubble MVP playlist um, my favorite song, Last Breath by Future, off of the the Creed, um, the boxing movie, and and go to war. And the goal is to win, you know, regardless how the outcome is for me performance-wise. So that's kind of a really in-depth way of looking at kind of my my game day routine. I haven't actually spoken that out loud, and that's pretty much what happens kind of on a, on a game day. I can, cool. respect the, I can respect the Creed soundtrack. Good choice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so tell us about that G League championship, obviously, you know, crowning moment uh, for the Lakeland uh, sort of franchise. Um, we've been waiting for a banner for, you know, a very long time as Magic fans, and we've been lucky enough, and you can probably see it over my shoulder yeah. if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. We've all, we've all got one somewhere. Um so it was awesome for Lakeland to get one. Um, you know, you guys got past the Erie Bayhawks, the Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, and in the final, you you scored 22 points, six boards, four assists against Delaware. Delaware. Uh, and yeah. all those teams were obviously uh, seeded higher than you in, in that tournament. Um, you obviously beat Delaware 97-78 in, in the uh, the finals and won MVP. How special was that moment for you, you know, given all the work that you put in? Yeah, that that was super special. I, I think during that time, you know, across the world, COVID really set people back. It was so new, so much you didn't understand. Um, and from the league standpoint, it was like, how do we, how do we put a product out there? And so not every team even went to the bubble to begin with. Um, you know, I, I had a, actually a solid camp with you know Steve Clifford and that group before the bubble, 
I remember making my first shot against uh, Atlanta, having a pretty clutch shot against Charlotte. So I'm like, man, I'm making shots on the NBA floor. I can see myself doing this. And that that just gave me this extra level of hunger going into the bubble. Um, so, yeah, we, di- we didn't start off great. We didn't even know what it was going to turn out to be. We, you know, scrapped and clawed our way into the playoffs. But our team was so connected. We all had one one vision. And, you know, I just happened. We had anyone could have been the finals MVP that game. I just stayed consistent, like, like I said. And, you know, sometimes th- things like that happen where timing and opportunity meets. You have a, a a really solid game where I'm rebounding, you know, making plays and making shots, and you come away with with an, a little bit of extra hardware. So that's the thing. It's like it could have been me, it could have been Jeff Dow and Robert Franks. Anyone could have had that game because it was such a. That's kind of how our team was designed. It wasn't just one man's team. So it's nice to have that on the resume for sure. Um, but I think even more special is, is walking away with the with the championship and. Like I said, coming back to play the Lakeland Osceola Magic, I call them the Lakeland Magic. So coming back to play the Lakeland Magic, who are now in Osceola, um, and seeing that one banner up there, and even in their uh, pregame video, you see a picture of me with a confetti. My teammates were like, yo, is that you? I was like, that is special, you know? I I definitely was a part of that, so it, it feels good. And you've got a little bobblehead made as well. Do you know about that? I, I think I got uh, one up there somewhere. I think Paul's got yeah. one as well. And Gary. Uh, no, I, no, I didn't get one, mate. You didn't get one. I, I didn't get we one. No. We had was it Hank who sent who yeah. helped yeah. us get the the, Hank, the stuff the, over uh, PA, PA yeah. announcement. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we gotta we gotta get you a bobblehead. I think my family who lives in Florida they still like a box of bobbleheads. So. I, I, hopefully no one goes and and and, and gets them and gets them in trouble for that. But I know they've got some some bobbleheads in store, so we'll, we'll get you a bobblehead. Oh, you stop, man! Thank you yeah, so yes. much. That would be to. awesome. I would love that. That would be awesome. You can join the collection on the shelf behind. There you go. Definitely, I promise you it will. But, but first of all, congratulations on becoming a new father. Thank you. That's it's the best. Uh, a huge change in life, and you've had a massive year. A massive year we've got getting married and then yeah yeah we just said let's same. let's let's bundle it all together let's let's save people time and, and money and just do it all so we, we made it happen and then you've also spread your wings and uh soon to be published author for a mm-hmm. children's book uh mm-hmm. Aaliyah can i think that's the name uh, that's the name you've got the mantra that uh is run your own race uh which is also the name of your podcast you have this incredible positivity and spirit about you. And I think that's one of the things that made you so popular and still are so popular with Magic fans. Would you just explain a little bit about that positivity that you have and how you applied that to your time with Orlando? And I guess still going forward, you still are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's You kind of said it best at the end where it's, you know, spreading that positivity where you're at and, you know, I think it's just something, you know, I'm the oldest brother of, of, of four total. So I have three siblings, um, more or less, you know, raised in a single parent household by by our mom. You know, our dad has, has supported us and, you know, he works his tail off multiple jobs. So, like, I credit it to both of my parents, but especially my mom raising a, a young man who's now became a man and now a father and a husband. Um 
I think you you only have you you're supposed to leave the world better than you found it, and like I kind of just that's my essence. It's not something I try and do. Um, it's just who I am. So I would just say my positivity when I, in situations that are are not where the outcome is uncertain comes just from this level of belief and work that I put in. Um, so again, I went to Princeton, which if you look at guys who have been drafted or played in the NBA they would be very low on the list of guys who are come out of that school and our NBA players are produced. So even then it was like, I went in knowing I'm going to go and get an Ivy league degree and I'm going to make it to the NBA. It wasn't a question. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's just this level of belief and confidence in myself. And then looking at situations, team environments where it's not about me. It's not the I, I, I mentality. It's how can I, encourage a group and you know i'll just use cole as an example not because something happened specifically but you know cole comes in as a rookie um you know maybe volatile making shots mission shots turning the ball over and i'm just a guy in training camp but it's like yo i've been through so much junk um let me just share my experiences with you you know let me be an example that like man this guy just got cut how is he so positive you're i'm on payroll you know i have an opportunity to make mistakes like if he can be positive in these crazy situations, maybe I can too. So I don't know. It's, it helps me just keep myself sane and in an insane world, you know, of professional sports. Um, but also it's something that I think everyone can look at me and I would hope see a little bit of themselves in me, like someone who's just fighting, who works really hard where nothing is guaranteed, you know, but you keep going. You know, I'm not seven, I'm not six, six, crazy athletic Duncan is like, man, if I was a good shooter like him, maybe I could make it on the magic someday or anything like that. So when I talk about run your own race and I have one of my t-shirts just right here, you know, I wear pretty often. It's like, I wear it with so much honor because it's like, I'm not going to compare myself to you guys as, as podcasters who are putting out episodes. It's like, man, I haven't had an episode in like a year, you know, but I'm not going to compare my platform to yours or look at, um, let's say traveling queen who's on a two-way now I'm like man like i wish i was on that two-way if there was a third two-way last year i think i would have been on the team you know something like that i just say hey i'm about to be in a new situation i'm gonna be where my feet are and i'm actually thankful for the setbacks for these things because they've just all been opportunities for me to grow um and now now as a father you know i, I just set out to to do something that i was passionate about make a children's book that long after I'm gone, you know, no matter what I do in sports, I'm pretty sure my daughter's gonna be like, oh, my dad made a book about me. And like, that'll probably be the biggest thing that I could do for her. So that's kind of just who I am in a nutshell and, and kind of how I go about my business. Uh, I think that's brilliant, man, because uh, that is just such a great message to have out there. Gary. Yeah, you've been, everyone's been saying about your popularity, Devin, with the Magic fans. Were you aware? of just how popular and your popularity still is with the magic support. Um, I definitely felt the support um, when I got injured. I mean, even before that, I feel like, you know, winning the championship a, and then, you know, getting signed, it was like, Oh, we got Devin. So I was like, I see it. You know, you're on social media, you know, what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, the injury was just super unfortunate and felt a lot of love and support. And then I feel like just, I was open to sharing my recovery you know, through TikTok, through Instagram, Twitter, things like that. 
Um, and so I just, I just understood I could feel it. Um, but when I kind of made my, Hey, you know, thank you, Orlando. It, it was so genuine and authentic from my point of view is like this place that gave me an opportunity, um, albeit the injury, albeit I didn't, you know, get, you know, I'm not gonna say converted because I was on a contract, um, stick. Um, it doesn't, it's like no hard feelings. I'm truly so thankful for that and thankful for the support. So I, I haven't really been tapped into how people feel about me, um, since I left. Cause I've just been so focused on getting back to the NBA. Um, but I just can assume that there's love cause the love is mutual. Like I have love for you guys. I have love for the six man show, you know, like I know that they're doing that. I think I just reached out to them recently, just being back here, brought back the feeling of, man, this place was home for me and always will be. Everyone who's supported and Magic fans are feel like we're all part of one community. I, I know in our group chat in the early hours of the morning, because when the injury happened, I remember watching that live and there was a lot of upset people in that group chat yeah. when that happened and people willing yeah. to So it, it's, I, I, that's like crystal clear in my mind when that happened. Mm. Just look at yeah. That. I think Gary and I, we both used the same word, didn't we, when we were talking about the positivity and that and your recovery story. Inspirational. Mm. Inspirational. Yeah. More. When you when you um casting your mind back, what was it like? What were your memories working with Steve Clifford? <laughs> Cliff, Cliff, he is he's a an old school, no bullshit head coach. Like like he will MF you if you don't guard, if you're not switching up with the stick hand, like he doesn't care. And it, whether you're Nikola Vucevic or Devin Kennedy, he did not care. So that's probably my, my fondest memory, not even fine. It's just my memory. Um, but it's so funny. It's like, since, since he left, um, like I've reached out to him a couple of times, just, you know, just pick his brain, asking questions. Hey coach. Um, and always responds. Um, he's always like, Hey, if, if we're ever in Florida at the same time, let's go golf. So it's just like, you see the business side and the coach player side of, Hey, I'm going to hold you to a high standard, but then the human side. And it's just like, wow. Um, so great memories of coach Cliff. Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna be, it kind of follows on here. Um, in the, into one of the answers that you gave earlier about being uh, in the same building as some of the Lakers guys. Um, you fought a regular season game with the Magic, uh, which I believe you were at, Gary, was against the Miami Heat. Uh, yeah. You put up 15 points. But it got me to kind of thinking about were there players that you were excited to play against during the time? Um, or is there anybody you would have loved to have tested yourself against that you haven't had a chance I'm one of I I'm my goal is and my goal going into this season against all odds was being on an opening night roster. I've now played what 13 games, but they've all been the last five. And had I not gotten injured, I feel like I ought to play a lot more. But um it's like the end of the season, right? You get called up after trade deadlines, the last five games. So guys are it's kind of I'm not gonna say end of the bench guys, but more or less, depending on a team situation. Um you don't know what kind of roster you're going to go up against. So I'll say since in the 13 games I played, um, it's always fun playing against someone who you've been in the G league with, um, or you've okay. seen, or you've seen go through similar kind of adversity as you. So 
when we played the Heat, my favorite person that I got to suit up against was Haywood Highsmith yeah. because of his story. And we were we were both free agents in 2020 once COVID hit, about to play in the TBT, the basketball tournament um, that's kind of sponsored by Puma, ESPN. We were both on the same team. Someone on our team got COVID, so we didn't get to play. And now seeing him playing in the NBA finals and things like that, it's it's, it's for me, I'm like, oh, I can do it too. You know, like if he can do it in his own role, I can do it in my own role. So playing against guys like that is always fun. Um, but guarding a guy like Fred Van Vliet when we played the Raptors, um, another undrafted guy who won a G League championship, mm-hmm. And then I saw him win a championship with his organization. And that was kind of my mentality actually in Orlando was like, I know we're building something. And yes, I was a part of, I think, part of that process. Because if your G League has success, there's elements of that that you can bring to the NBA. I, I just, I looked at Fred and was like, man, I can I can stick in a role here with Orlando, not necessarily being the guy, but I'm going to develop and I'm going to push this group and we're going to, make make noise like that was my mentality when i was there so guarding fred playing against fred just was like that another vision of this guy who's my size similar kind of skill set can do it i can do it um but then again yeah i want to play against the steph curry's of the world um the damian lillers those are the two guys i have circled you know on my list of people i've looked up to I, i watch film of them every day to this day i watched steph curry's highlights last night I watched Dame's highlights last night and seeing how these guys are some of the best shooters roughly at my size in history. Um, and then just, you know, apply it in my journey and my pursuits back and then make a lot of shots in the NBA and stick. Like that's literally just, it's almost a clear picture to me. It's just, I don't know what that process will look like. I just see it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we've all got our fingers crossed for you. Um, but you just mentioned there that some of your, you know, idols you'd like to play against at the moment. But as a kid growing up from Indiana, uh, you know, very much a basketball state, who are your sporting idols and who influenced you for your own game? Mm. Everybody. My dad was a big Michael Jordan guy. So I, I was introduced to the game by VHS tapes of Michael Jordan this, Michael Jordan that. So, you know, that has always been just a one is Michael Jordan. And then you start playing basketball a little more and you're like, man, I can, I realize I can make shots better than most other kids my age. And Reggie Miller is like Mr. Indiana Pacers. So mm. definitely Reggie, but he's taller. And I, knowing my family's history, like I, I wasn't going to be the tallest guy in the room. So I ended up like gravitating towards a guy like Jason Terry, who will wear the headband. I remember him high socks headband doing the jet celebration on Christmas day with the Mavs. Like, that was someone I was like, that looks fun. Make shots, celebrate, have a good time. Be like as a 10, 12 year old. And then obviously when Steph Curry made his run at Davidson um, and started Babyface assassin looks like me. I'm like, I want to be like that. Um, you know, mid-major guy, three-star, just like myself. So that was kind of my progression. Um, always have been infatuated with undersized guys who are, who are shooters um, just because that's that's how I have to make a living as well. What's your um, three favorite cities to play in? Los Angeles, um, Orlando, and I mean, I have Indiana. We'll go Indiana, and that's where I play when we leave Orlando. So, yeah, I, I'm getting two out of three here in the next two weeks. 
That's quality. <laughs> I've, I've got to ask you, you've, you've had a foot in both camps here. Um, we saw the Magic give it a really good go in the in-season yeah. tournament, this inaugural yeah. tournament, won by the Lakers in Vegas. What were your impressions of the uh, tournament? Did you like the inception of it? And uh, is there anything that you'd particularly like to have seen changed? I think what they did was great. I think what they did was great. The fact that the NBA has the ability to try new things, see if it works, and then from a from a rating standpoint, from the competition standpoint, fan engagement, like it was a complete success. Um, would I have liked to be on a roster and get that bonus money? Of course. Um, but yeah, they they did a, they did a great job. And of course, you know, LeBron, LeBron, the the king of competition, um, led his team to victory. So it's only fitting. Did you lose the red courts? <laughs> the, 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 court, the, the, the court, the court, the courts are the only things that need to be be tweaked and changed a little bit. But you know, they went they went bold, so I can't I can't knock them for it. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we let you get back to your very busy schedule, um, we just want to talk about your, your ex teammates. Uh, you know, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz. Um, tell us about the locker room whilst you were in Orlando and the camaraderie you had with those guys, and you know the the, the feel good vibe that you can see now with you know with with the team. And I think it's you know a testament how they're playing at the moment. Yeah, and it's not like. This is not a knock. It's just what it was. You have a lot of young guys who spent one, two years in college, mostly probably one, um, but all young. It felt very much like an extension of college. It was like the feel good, funny locker room, you know, you know, jokes and not and pranks on each other. Like it really was. And again, I spent four years in college. This was my now third year, um, you know, playing professionally. And so as I'm I'm getting older, I'm a little more mature, right? Still I able to have a good time, but it's like this is a very light-hearted locker room. Like we don't necessarily know how to win yet. Our goal is to practice and push each other every day, but it's like guys guys love to have fun. Um so I was early in the process and again, it's not like a, a derogatory way of describing, it. it's just what it felt like. Um because guys haven't really fully gone through that fire and found a way to win. Last year, and you you have to just look at it for what it was. They started terrible, but there were so many injuries. And you look at the end of the season, really fighting for a playing spot, at, if you want to call it what it is. Like, there's so much momentum um, at the end of last year, and I wasn't in that locker room um, as they, again, had Paolo and brought Paolo in. Like, I was spent two, two three months with Paolo and Caleb. Um, still, like my young guys, talk to both of them to this day. Um but they had they had, they're figuring it out. Their their core is now being assembled with a number one pick, a generational talent in Paolo. And now you have that summer with an amazing head coach with Jamal Mosley, who who just brings that fierceness, that toughness, a player's coach. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing the fruits of that pay off now. So I like again, I love I love what I'm seeing from them. They have one of the biggest supporters in me because I was a part of it. Um, whether a very small piece, you know, all those small pieces, they add up to a to a larger whole. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to be most likely in attendance at the game tonight. I've made that decision. They'll have to see me when I'm suited up in a in a uniform, unless it's a magic uniform as well as teammates. Um, but they're they're building something good. And and I just want them to keep going, find consistency, stay healthy. 
um because they got they got love from their brother dc absolutely that's awesome, that's awesome. that is brilliant uh devin thank you ever so much for your time it's been absolutely uh, an honor to have you on the podcast uh good luck with the season as we've mentioned we're all team canada here all the way and you know hopefully uh you get to be back in a magic uniform uh, at some point in the near future and um, do, do you want to just uh, do a quick uh, plug of your you know your book when it's coming out etc yeah. and just mention your podcast yeah. All right. Well, first and foremost, thank you all for having me. That was it was great to just meet you all and, you know, you know, have a conversation. Um, but yeah, moving forward, I have my first ever children's book. Official release date has yet to be out. I'll get a link. Excuse me. I'll get a link um, where we can sign up, um, join the newsletter, get more information on really anything that I have going on under my run your own race umbrella. Um, but yes, Aaliyah can, uh, a book about, uh, a young girl who believes she can do anything and that's her superpower. Um, and I think that's just a story of that self-belief and confidence that I have in, in my journey and myself. And it's something for kids of all ages, um, very simple read, um, to just just tell them that they can do things. You know, I can make it to the NBA. I can be this. I can, whatever the case may be. Um, just a way to inspire them to instill belief in them. Um, so I'll, I'll put I'll send that link over. Yeah, um, coming very okay. soon at the beginning of 2024. And then yeah, the Run Young Race podcast has been on hold for far too long. This is an inspiration <laughs> for me to get get the headset on and, and start sharing some stories. Um, so I'll just, I'll hold off on that plug, but yes, Aaliyah can would love for you guys to support that as I get that out here at the beginning of the new year. That I promise awesome. you I will read it to my granddaughter. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you, Devin. Uh, and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. Okay, that'll do it for this week. Uh, that was a lot of fun listening to Devin. So thank you ever so much, Devin, for joining us. Uh, if you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave us your comments, questions, etc. We'll try and get back to you uh, on all of them. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, please leave us a review. Share with your other Magic fans. It really does help the show. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and X, all at underscore Let's Talk Magic. So uh, thank you for listening and watching. So from Gary, Paul, Mikey, and myself, Merry Christmas to you all. Go Magic! <laughs>